0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Beverly Isla. Thanks for tuning in. Now, we have three special guests today. From One from Toronto, one from New York, and Chicago that all contribute to the quality of a dog's life. Um, and these dog walkers all contribute to not only happy, but healthy dogs. Westtown Walkers from Chicago, they take pride in supporting rescue organizations with their fundraising efforts. The Barking Meter is New York's and San Francisco's Elite Dog Walking Services. And lastly, we have Happy Dogs. Wagon Tails is Toronto's go-to dog walker. Now, we may take for granted the service, Services of a dog walker, but as we'll discuss, finding the right person can make all the difference to a dog's well-being, including rescue dogs that may need re-socializing or dogs with anxiety. We will also cover the do's and don'ts of bringing your dog to an off-leash park. So when we get back from these messages, we'll have our first guest, Robin Romine from West Town Walkers, talk to us about their efforts in helping homeless pets.
2: Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Active4Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active4Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, Test results and more. Active4Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active4Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Sable Pooch. We are talking with West Town Walkers owner, Robin Romine, on the benefits of dog walking and their mission to help homeless pets. So thanks for joining us today, Robin. Thank you very much, Beverly. I'm very happy to be here. Yay. Now you have a strong following there in Chicago with 300 dogs under your umbrella. How do you do how do you yeah. do it? Three hundred dogs, that's that's <laughs> half the pound right
3: now. Well, there. that it's it's taken a lot of practice. Let's put it that <laughs> way. I'm just kidding. We've been in business close to ten years now. So we have For been you? in business quite a lengthy time as far yeah. as the longevity of a most dog walking uh, pet care businesses in the city of Chicago.
1: Right.
3: I build it pretty much from nothing. It's my baby, my little baby, and as we continue to grow, I've learned how to run it through old fashioned methods, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are very into managing uh, a clientele basis, such as, you know, online or however they would do that. But I actually have a board room. It's my wolf, wolf room, actually. Uh, Wolf, wolf, meow room. I uh, have an entire room in my house that we have good old boards hung up where we have the client listed next to who their dog walker is, specifications of different things. And I go in and I look at all that, and that's how I manage it. Um, I stay in touch with all of our clients on a very consistent one-on-one basis still. I'm very... uh, Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, it really is. It really, I think it really helps out. The clients love to reach out to me personally. Uh If they care to text me, if they care to call me about anything, I'm there 100% all the time. That's one of our guarantees for our clients and they love that as well. Um, not only communicating with their current walker, which we do have the same consistent walker guaranteed for all of our clients as well. Oh. We don't change walkers unless unless one is sick, unless one needs to take a little day off or a vacation, we guarantee the same walker each and every time for all of our clients.
1: Gotcha. Consistency. That's always good. Exactly. Now, I see you do support <laughs> rescue organizations. Applaud to that.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well,
1: What's your mission? We're huge
3: in you know Oh, yeah? Um, you know, well, my mission is to educate. I'd love okay. to educate the public more. We try to via our new clientele. We have it on our website. We at our events, we educate. Listen, we're going to give money back. Any new clients that rescue animals, we're giving money back on your behalf as well. Now, we also do many events. We participate in all of anti-cruelty events, all the pause events. We do a lot for the Humane Society of America. Oh, uh, We that's good. give money to them annually. Yes. Animal care and control, we donate money to in Chicago, which, you know, is the big, the big one. And uh, any other organizations that we do hear about, we're more than welcome to do events for, give away tons of, you know, free services, uh, certificates to people, plus and or cash to these organizations as well.
1: Now, you do the some of the fundraising, right? That's how you help some of the rescue organizations? Most definitely. We actually just did a large
3: fundraiser for a new dog park called Fred Anderson Dog Park in the South Loop area of Chicago. We were the co-host of that with South Loop Dog Pack that maintains uh, some of the larger dog-friendly parks in Chicago. And we auctioned off a bicycle. We auctioned off a few weeks of free uh, dog walking plus kitty care Aww. certificate. Yeah, and all of that goes right back into the system. So we keep trying to circulate that. We really believe that there don't need to be homeless pets eventually if people know what's going on. I don't know if people even know to go walk into a shelter. And I think people yeah, have this exactly. misconception yeah, they think it's a misconception where they think that these animals could be vicious or they yeah. are unsocialized. And it's actually the opposite. It's quite an interesting uh, thing. You're, you're getting a great dog or a cat or any animal that may be in, in that scenario. They want a home. You know, they, they want to come home with you and they're going to be, they're happy. They know, you know, they're smart.
1: <laughs> Some of them will be extra loyal. That definitely.
3: <laughs> yeah, but the big old thing is in our community, who rescued who exactly? I have yeah. that right in my kitchen right now. <laughs> I'm looking right at it. Like, who rescued who? I have a white pit bull, and her name's Emily, Emily Bean. And she's, she's actually our logo uh, as well. The, uh, one of my artistic friends drew that. But she, uh, she was a rescue. I didn't rescue her out of an organization, but I rescued her off the street. Oh, and wow. yeah, and that's really been my heart. You know, she's my heart, obviously. But that really projected me more into the rescue yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
3: scenario uh, about a little over six years ago. Before that, I, you know, I knew of it, I knew about it, but now we're, you know, we're 100% in. We just can't do enough, it feels. so Good for
1: you. Hopefully more uh, dog yeah. walkers will Thank take you, more Beverly. effort in there. <laughs> Since you've come across so many different temperaments, what's your experience in seeing transformation in dogs with behavioral issues simply by just getting them out regularly?
3: Exactly. That is a huge, huge thing. And animals or dogs are, are very much like children. They need a structure. Mm-hmm. We believe in that. So when it comes simply to the dog walking daily that, that our clients, you know, rely on, we offer that window. We're there within, it's close to the requested time when they first initially sign up with us to go with that. Mm-hmm. Because that dog knows, that dog becomes accustomed to uh, the dog walker coming at that certain time every day and they're used to that. Now, we do have some temperamental dogs that perhaps are a little bit uh, leash-aggressive, which means if we're walking a dog and they are on the leash, Sometimes dogs feel out of control in that situation. Um, mm. So we offer advice to the clients as far as easy walkers, which works great for my dog. Keeps her a little more astute. It's a really great method. We also have What's an easy leaders. walker? It's a brand, actually, the easy walker. Um, it's kind of like a, a harness, but it, oh, okay. it comes across in front of a dog's legs. And what it does is it gives them that feeling that there's something like keeping them back a little bit. Yeah, there's also the gentle lead that is a, a little mechanism that kind of goes over. It's not a muzzle, but it goes over the dog that kind of also keeps them from being an aggressive walker. Uh, as far as aggressive dogs, though, if if they are aggressive towards other dogs, um, what we do is we learn to stay away from that scenario. You know, uh, okay. we're not there to socialize an aggressive dog in nature. We're not trainers. We do practice training techniques that the client. May want us to enforce upon, which we will right. most definitely. What is not um, on your- No, I don't have. Uh, I, I do. We do work with trainers, but unfortunately, none of my walkers are a professionally trained person. But we mm-hmm. do work with the the clients. Uh, you know, recommendations if they are working with a trainer, we'll definitely keep that, that going. So it's fluid all the time. Um, I think that's okay. very important as well.
1: Yeah, yeah most definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you think that would improve, like dog walking in general would improve the amount of dogs that's given up to decrease? Like, is there an association, do you think? You
3: know, boy, people, I don't really believe that. No, I don't think that really has any direct association there. Mm -hmm. Um, People that are giving up their dogs, gosh, you know, they shouldn't have dogs probably in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I hate to say that, but that's kind of my opinion. I've seen a lot I not a lot. I've seen a few cases where, boy, all of a sudden they decide to have a baby and the dog for some reason reacts in a strange manner towards the baby. Now okay. Now that I can almost understand but but still I don't know. There's got to be a way to work through this. There are people out there that can act as liaisons within the family even. They have experts that can come in and work with the dog and the and the baby. Like we have clients that just did that like six months ago. They just had a baby and they actually brought a person in that they found, kind of a trainer, you could call it, but she came in and they basically taught them how to have the dog familiarize itself with the, with the child so that it, it was okay, not uncomfortable from the baby. Yeah, but we hear a lot of horror stories, like I said, you know, They're up to uh, 10 euthanizations a day just in Chicago alone, you know, just because the shelters are so overcrowded. And there are 8 million animals, these are animals now, that enter shelters every year in the United States. So we're talking staggering, staggering figures here. And it's time to do something, you know. It's time to cut these puppy mills out of the equation. I agree. Yeah. It's time to go in there save these animals that need to be saved. Let's start neutering. Let's start spading. Let's start taking care of initial things immediately. And there won't be such a huge, huge influx these poor ha- homeless animals and there's there's so you know the shelters are popping up left and right now which is great i'm so happy that there's so many organizations that that are being funded by the community and by fundraisers and things of that nature so it is helping a lot than it was even like 20 years ago you know that it's, is true. um yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful now what we need to do is just all band together and become one unified you know shelter for for everybody you know and and, mm. and push towards the ultimate goal you know which we're we hopefully not have any uh, animals at all. So it's I about know. passion, community, leadership, and hope. That's really what I believe. Passion, exactly. community, leadership, and hope. And that's going to be the true reality of rescue. You know, it's going to help everybody out yeah
1: a lot. well it's good that all there's a lot more initiatives happening right now yeah whether or not there's a unified body that may be a challenge but thank yeah, you. yeah i know much. i know that is awesome. oh my god thank you that, um hope your all your initiatives and fundraisings go well and if you want to check you, out Beverly. robbins yeah you're welcome if you want to check out if any of the listeners want to check out your work they can go to westtownwalkers.com i believe it's dash right west-town-walkers.com you got it yeah
3: hyphen in between west and town and between town and walkers.com
1: you bet perfect thank you so much for uh you talking to me robin thank you beverly for your time today i certainly appreciate it and woof woof <laughs> have a good day robin you as
3: well take care now thank Bye.
1: you our next guest, Kara Klein-Deans, services the New York-Manhattan area with a new location in San Francisco and is known for her roster of high-profile clients. So thanks for taking some time today, Kara. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. And first, I'd like to congratulate you on your new location on the West Coast. What made you decide um, San Fran?
4: Yeah, so as you know, our our company is fairly small one-on-one company out in Manhattan and a handful of our clients moved out to San Francisco in 2014. And what they came across was just, there wasn't this canine concierge service that they were accustomed to, in Manhattan and we developed very close relationships with each of our clients and I went to visit some of them at the start of this year and I agreed with them that while there were some wonderful services, there wasn't what we do. And we went ahead and said, let's, let's give this a try. We, we stay in touch with our clients no matter where they move to once they leave Manhattan and San Francisco just seemed like an awesome opportunity for us to take our services to another part of the U.S.
1: That's awesome. So now you're (laughs) bi-coastal. That's (laughs) right. I much uh, prefer
4: California weather.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can't imagine. Now you're considered a celebrity dog walker. How do you uh, set your services apart from others? And how do you retain the staff? Yeah,
4: absolutely. So I was fortunate enough to start with my very first client as Somewhat of a celebrity, uh, Philip Lim, a prominent fashion designer, uh-huh. and he was not that big when we first started eight years ago. And through just getting to know Philip and realizing how important it was to provide him with a service that he could count on me at the time, just me, to really provide anything for him and his dog Oliver. Um, so going from beyond just here to walk your dog. Let me take your dog to the vet. Let me set up an Uh, appointment. I'll make sure to have your food and your medicine all ready for the dog. You don't have to worry about it. Just make sure that I know the schedule you need, and we will take care of the rest. So. That's kind of how it's transpired over the years. And obviously, when you're working with people such as celebrities and and well-known individuals, you know, Mm -hmm. discretion and, you know, trust is such a huge element for their life. Yeah. And, you know, that comes with the second part of your question, retaining my staff. Uh It's so important that there is the same person walking into their door, every day for their dog. If I were to send seven different people throughout the month, they wouldn't know who's coming and do I trust this person? Exactly. Yeah, it gets very confusing. So what we try to do is while I have a staff that I see as my family, I also want that specific person assigned to that dog to almost feel like they're a part of the celebrity staff and the celebrity Mm -hmm. family because so many of these people, have a staff in their house they have the nanny and the housekeeper and the cook and our dog walker is not just a dog walker they really are what we like to coin the dog's personal assistant and (laughs) um, and that's how we take it you know to that next level for these for these clients
1: wow you really do up the uh bar big time Kara. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we really want to make sure. I started the whole company, actually have my French bulldog, Luca, right here next to me. And I started the company based on if I couldn't be the one walking and caring for my dog because of my yeah. job, how would I want her to be cared for? And that's what really brought about so many of these different elements of the company and the only way to retain staff in an industry, in a service industry where there's going to be high turnover. A lot of times people just see it as a part-time job or a gig in the summer or I'm yeah, in New York. Yeah. I'm trying to become, you know, an, an actor um, on Broadway. You know, what I've done is that you are loyal to me. I promise you, you in return i'm loyal to you and you know we offer 401k plans and medical assistance oh wow and you have a monthly metro card from us and we put on socials every quarter with our with our staff and our clients we just had it last week we had 40 people come over for cocktails without their dogs Because these clients actually really become close to each other through the dogs and through the social media. They get to know, you know, their dog's friends.
1: Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good culture that you've created. Well done. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Beth. From your experience, what role do you think dog walking services play in helping um, rescue dogs or helping owners avoid giving up their dogs if there is any association? in your opinion. Yeah, absolutely.
4: And it somewhat goes hand in hand, right? So oftentimes we, oh, I saw this cute dog in a pet store. I I ran by the shelter and this dog was just looking at me. And you think it's so simple as just providing a dog with love. And while, of course, the dog needs love, really that's Mm
1: -hmm.
4: their life. They just provide us with love. And in return, we have to provide routine and guidelines and structure. And I think dog walking, and particularly in a city environment, It's so beneficial for these dogs and their owners. The dogs get to know their pack friends and develop these relationships with these other dogs, which dogs are pack animals, as we know, and... It's really mm-hmm. important that if they're coming from a shelter where, you know, most of the time it's not dog-related issues, you know, a dog fighting or, or something like that. It's, it's usually a human that has maybe, you know, not been as kind to the dog. You want to really develop those relationships and that trust within their pack, and they're going to see this new handler which becomes their secondary caregiver as someone who can really teach them that they can trust a human again and that they can, you know, feel safe around this new person and I think yeah, that absolutely. directly into their relationship with their owners. We work with a ton of dog rescues
1: Oh, um, good for you.
4: And thank you. And, and rescue dogs within our company, particularly in New York right now since San Fran is fairly new, but I would say at least a quarter of our of our roster of dogs are from a shelter and have been rescued. And and I think they're the ones that almost thrive the most because they get so much more. They're not accustomed to that. It's a new thing for them. Uh, um, yeah. And they really, really love it. And I think all the owners can see the benefit fairly quickly. I'm a very big fan of dog walking in general, as long as the company understands what that dog needs and where they come from in some capacity because you don't have all that knowledge, but it really is going to trickle into how the dog behaves at home with their owners, how the dog behaves with a stranger coming into their house because they're used to it. This stranger continues to come into my house every day and, oh, wow, this is kind to me. And now this stranger has become my friend and he brings friends along with him. So I think that's it's true. It'll really build a trust, mm-hmm. build trust. And that's all a dog really needs, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard of stories of dogs, rescue dogs that was once insanely afraid of men within three weeks turn around. So that's always good to hear. That's-
4: Absolutely, and and we often hear that a lot of it's usually men for uh, you know unfortunate reasons, and a lot of times they say, "Great, let me put a male dog walker in in that environment then, because he's going, this dog is going to be able to see this man, this male yeah. figure as a positive, as a gentle, loving person in the dog's life, and and they start to see a change in the way the dog interacts with people on the street and the way the dog interacts with maybe their spouse or their own owner because they're getting this regular routine from this male figure. So it's extremely positive and, and the routine in general just really allows these guys to experience the sights and the sounds of the city beyond an owner who, you know, of course, is going to develop that relationship fairly early with the rescue dog.
1: Yeah, well, that pretty much explains the benefits of having metropolitan dog dwellers <laughs> be with dog walkers regularly.
4: Oh, absolutely, and and I know, like we talked about at the start of this, you know, building that community for these dogs—it's so much more than people realize. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of a daycare for most dogs because I think. A majority of dogs, you know, there are exceptions, but yes, they're running around in this daycare all day, but they're also, they don't have someone to be their advocate. And that's really where mm. the owner comes in. That's where the dog walker comes in. You are there to be the dog's advocate. It's not just to be the dog's little snuggle, snuggle pal at the end of the day. And so when a dog is in a daycare environment, they don't have that. They have to be their own advocate. And that can at times cause a dog to then respond aggressively or not want to listen to commands at home because, he thinks to himself, "I don't have anyone, you know, advocating for me throughout the day." Whereas you then throw the dog into a dog walking community where they come once or twice a day with the same person, and they're packed. You know, the, the person that's in charge of this mm. attack leader is, is really advocating for them. They're protecting them from outsiders. You know, one, of the, one yeah. of the policies in my company specifically is we don't interact with dogs that are outside of the barking meter. Not because we don't love all dogs, but you don't know how a dog is going to interact. That, with yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
4: and so it's just one of the ways that you can say, we're going to pass this dog on the street, and if you're working with a rescue dog, and you don't have to be scared because I am always going to protect you and make sure that you are safe. And you start seeing these dogs totally transform into confident, confident canines. And that's really such a benefit to why the, the dog walking particularly in the city, and truthfully, yes. obviously, in the suburbs, because yes. oftentimes a suburban dog is the dog that, you know, barks at everyone walking by because they're also not accustomed to that socialization. But especially in the city where the sidewalks are small and New York, specifically where there's 100 people within, you know, five inches of you. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly.
4: <laughs> it's really important for that dog to feel like, you know, I'm I'm good. This this person is going to protect me and make sure that I'm making the good decision. So I don't really have to make any. I'm just going to oh. walk with them and hang out with my pals on the street.
1: Good. That is awesome, Kara. Thank you so much for your insight.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And, and we hope that any Manhattan and San Francisco dog owners that are looking for you know something different in the canine concierge, they would be more than happy to contact us.
1: Absolutely. And your work can be seen at thebarkingmeter.com. You got that- it. Alrighty, well let's go to a quick break and we'll return with our next guest after these messages from our sponsors.
2: Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free, and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted
1: shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more.
2: Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the
1: Pet
0: Expo! Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to
4: scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet. Bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at
0: Pet Lady World.
2: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Melanie McKee, owner of Happy Dogs Wagon Tails in Toronto. Thanks for jumping on, Mel. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Now personally seeing you handle up to 18 dogs at off-leash parks successfully. So I wanted to focus on your take of the practical do's and don'ts in off-leash dog parks. And your business is very reputable in the city and rightly so. What are your top tips for dog parents to have a safe and enjoyable experience in off-leash areas?
0: Honestly, it's it's just being aware of your surroundings. Yeah. You see a lot of first-time owners come into a dog park and they come in all smiles, not a care in the world. <laughs> And, and it's, for us, it's funny because we experience so many different types of behaviors from dogs and dog parks. So we sort of see everything from really good days when every dog's getting along to really bad days when, you know, one dog can throw off the whole pack. So just being aware Mm. of your surroundings and just paying attention to the dogs that are coming in and out of the park, the energy levels. Most of the time, nothing does go wrong, but that off chance that it does, you just need to be mindful of what's going on around you. And think of, uh, think of it this way. If you put, 20 to 40 people in a room together, not everyone's going to get along. It's just human nature. We have yes. likes, we have dislikes, and the same goes for dogs. So, you know, you really cannot expect them to love every dog, nor should they love every dog. Whether it's yours or not, whether your dog is the happiest-go-lucky dog, no, it might not happen. So you just need to be aware of that. And uh-huh. you, want kind of, you want to kind of pair your, your dog up with other dogs in the park that are the same energy, even the same age. So finding a time that will that you'll go at consistently every day. Um, usually you'll find the same people or the same dogs at the park at the same time each day, and this will allow your dog to form a bond That's with another that. one or two dogs. So if you're constantly going at different times, it's harder for your dog to form a bond with other dogs, and it's like walking into the dog park every day, and they don't know anybody. It's always a different crowd, and it's a lot harder for them to find somebody that they can be best friends with.
1: That is true. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> no, now, now, you did mention a really good one today on the kids. Maybe you can uh, go over that well, really quick.
0: Essentially, you know, you're walking into a dog park. It isn't a playground. And it's not necessarily the safest place to have young children. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying don't bring kids into the park because it's fantastic to socialize them at a young age too. But just be very aware of what the kids are doing. I.e., you know, not letting them run around flailing their arms. Because the dogs will chase them, knock them over, you know, grab onto if it's a winter, grab onto their gloves or their jacket, and we find a lot of parents obviously will get mad at that because they feel like their kid is getting bullied by the dogs or potentially get hurt. yeah, and, yeah. you know it, it is a public dog park, and that's the key thing that a lot of people need to remember it's not a petting zoo, and I mean that in the nicest way, <laughs> and we all love the dogs, <laughs> but we had a little toddler today run up to one of my dogs that came in the park. And all the dogs are friendly, but the kid ran up to a dog and started hitting him on his hind end. And I just sort of held my breath Bad. for a second. And <laughs> Yeah, you know, you don't know everybody's dog in the dog park. And when a dog walker comes in with a, a whole pack of dogs, yes, the dogs are friendly. Yes, they're people friendly. But, you know, if somebody walked up to you and just started slapping you across the face. You know, what's your natural reaction? You might... Shove them back, or hit them, or something, right? So, exactly, you can sort of eventually expect the same from the dog. So, you just want to be very cautious of what's going on, what's happening, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of keep your kids contained as well, just for their safety as well.
1: Well, there are kids leashes. That would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> now, for some of your clients, they started with you when they were pups, and you see them grow into adults. Well in dog ears, what are the benefits that a client may see from you taking their dog out regularly?
0: Well, you'll definitely see better social skills. The dog yes. become a lot more confident. You know, they with us going out with the pack, they make best friends, they make lifetime friends and as you've seen every day, I have Mason and Crosby. They're best friends. These two wrestling and beat each other up every single day. And then you got Molly and Mason when we go to High Park, they always run alongside each other. So, you're going to get a happier and healthier dog. Yeah. They're going to come home, they're not going to destroy your house because they're going to be out for, you know, 2 to 3 hours if they're with me. Sometimes they're out for 4 hours, and they're going to go home tired. And, you know, you get to go home to a quiet household. You get to enjoy a calm dog that's not anxious. And you know that's the best way to enjoy your dog. So if you have a puppy that generally has a lot of energy, and you don't really have the time to spend three or four hours with them, taking them on walks every day, you know we all live busy lives. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. why us dog walkers here—we're here to help you out. It's not that we're here to take away all the fun, but we're here to help you get through the tough stages, the the young adolescent stages when the dogs have the most energy. So that, you know, all you could do is really smile and enjoy them rather than get angry at them or frustrated because they chewed your brand new leather shoe
1: or your purse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's the point that I've been trying to get across is that, well, dog walkers, some people may see it as a luxury or it's not needed, but it is needed because if you come home to a tired dog and if this person just doesn't want to take the dog out, then the less likely I think that they're going to give up the dog. That's just, you know, that's. I had a client say to me,
0: she goes, Mel,
1: it was between a dog walker
0: and a car and I chose (laughs) a dog walker (laughs) and she walks her dog but when she's tired it's nice to know that your dog's been taken care of and when you find when you find a good dog walker and you trust them and you know that your dog's getting out every day well that it just makes everybody feel a hundred times better and you know those dogs are my best friends too And we bond with them as well. And you can also think of it this way. If you ever had an emergency, you have somebody that knows your dog, that you can walk in the house and not worry if your dog, you know, if you have a territorial dog, you have somebody that can help you out if, you know, you had to go to the hospital last minute or something. That is true.
1: Very true. Now, you have several rescues, rescue dogs in your groups. What kind of transformation have you experienced with them? Well, there's a lot of them that come in and they're happy-go-lucky. You
0: know, you're just working on some behavior issues. Some Uh of them just you know, snapping a little too much at other dogs, not aggressively, but just not really knowing how to play because yeah that's exactly their earlier so. lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Maggie, you know Maggie. She yeah. jumps up at the other dogs and we kind of have to call her name and refocus her. And hey, you know, you can't bite like that. You can play bite, but you can't bite like that. And usually we teach them, we work on some basic training as well to help them get through some of the hard times and learn and grow into amazing dogs. My favorite story to always tell is the one of Tiger, who lived in a crate for 23 hours of the day and the owners abused him. And the my clients now had rescued him and they brought him in and they had him for two years and he was still terrified of men. He couldn't even walk past them on the street. Gosh. The owners would turn around and walk the other way or cross the road. And Because the dog would freak out. So two years ago, they called me in. And for two months, this dog came out with me every single day. And I started to take him into the dog parks where he was in a happy environment, a positive environment where he could see all these dogs having so much fun around men. So Mm. now he's associating fun and a man, a male. At the same time, he's realizing, wait a second, maybe they're not so evil. And in two months, when the owners came back from Europe where they had were visiting family, and they had somebody taking care of the dog, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) But they just wanted to make sure that he was out for his walks, and that's why I started up. After two months, they decided to keep me on because they had seen such an amazing change. Paula, the owner, actually said to me, what did you do? We went to the beach, and he literally didn't run away. He saw a man and he walked past him. Instead of running the other way, Uh, I thought I was going to have to chase him. And what did you do? I said, well, I just put him in a positive environment. So um, that's my favorite story to tell. And it's two years later and he doesn't circle the men anymore at the dog park. He walks past them, doesn't care that they're there. He's not afraid of people. And that's probably the most satisfying uh, experience.
1: That's a happy story. We (laughs) morfles.
0: I know. So that's the best one I can give the best
1: example. Awesome. Now, what advice do you have for people looking for an ethical dog walker in their area? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a- <laughs> well, I've said this before, dog
0: walkers are a dime a dozen in the city. Everybody, you know, you can love dogs, but uh-huh. doesn't mean that... You can take care of them properly or you can walk them properly. You really understand or know what to look for when you're in a dog park mm-hmm. or even just on the street, like just dangers of the world for dogs. You just want to make sure that you found somebody that has a passion for it, has gone out of their way to learn and you know even take some courses or done some training or even hang out with a dog trainer. So for, for myself, I've had owners email me, hey, I stood at the dog park for about three weeks and I watched you with your dogs and I like what you do. So can you please walk my dog? And I think that was probably the smartest thing that a dog owner could do is if you have the time
1: yeah, go during,
0: during yeah, go out during lunchtime or between eleven and 1.30 to any of the dog parks and just watch the dog walkers, watch how they interact with the dogs, watch if they leave dogs behind or if they're standing around chit chatting too much or hey, if you know the dogs are sitting at their feet and they're not encouraging the dogs to actually run around or have fun, you want to try to find somebody that best suits your dog and that's, that's a fantastic way is to just watch people.
1: That's an so awesome most, way. Um, huh.
0: Yeah and most dog walkers we don't go into dog parks to poach clients or to walk up to individual owners and hey do you need walks? We want to walk our dogs and we do our thing so you can get a very non-invasive way of, of watching and just experiencing what's happening with dogs at the park and yeah it's a great way to find a good dog walker in the area. If you do not have time to go out to the dog park that's if a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in in Toronto and Etobicoke, there's a lot of condos and buildings. You can always talk to a security desk at any of the condos. I've had a few people find me through security desks. Yeah, this person comes. This dog walker comes in every day at this time. She's out for a few hours. She brings dog back. Always tired. No issues. You can find a great dog walker that way. And even just asking your neighbors who they use and if they're happy.
1: Yeah, word of mouth is is it for this one? But just
0: because a website is at the top of a page. It doesn't mean that they're the best. Oh, God, no.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because we could pay for that spot. Yep. Well, thank (laughs) you so much, Mel, for uh, letting us know some practical tips that we can use out there. We Mm -hmm. are out of time, so if you'd like to learn more about Melanie, you can visit happydogswagontails.ca. And thanks to our guests, Robin, Kara, and Melanie, and our show producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me at beverly at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion.
2: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.